Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful round town, USA, where after having children, Adam and Eve started getting a lot of questions from their kids about why they no longer lived in Eden. Adam had a simple answer for this. I'm sorry, kids. Your mother ate us out of house and home. <laughs> this is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout out to spirit-led Christians everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our personal risen Lord and Savior, thanking him for his sacrifice on Calvary, and we look forward to his soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that your Holy Spirit divinely lead and guide us as we talk to your people today. We ask that we will be able to convey your spirit to them so they can receive it in its fullness so that they may have understanding by your mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, my co-host with the spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her family and friends, and treats everyone with loving-kindness. The title of this podcast today is, And He Had a Different Spirit. Hi, Christy. How are you today? I'm doing really well today. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good in downtown Roundtown. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Not going to be too hot yet, which is nice. No, it's a perfect day, and we are so blessed to live here in this rural countryside. You know, God knows everything, because I came from the middle of Seattle and he told me to move down here, and I thought I had moved to the middle of the backside mm-hmm. of the desert. But it's turned out to be a perfect place mm-hmm. for us, so I'm very grateful to God. Kind of mm-hmm. hidden in the beautiful valley, and nobody really wants to be here, so it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking about, and he had a different spirit. And what scripture is that in reference to? It's in reference to Numbers 14 and verse 24, and it's talking about Caleb. And what it says, this is God speaking about Caleb. It said, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. I just thought that was really interesting when I came across that because we don't think about people having a different spirit in God's eyes. Sometimes you know someone who their spirit feels really nice or they're really kind or sweet or their spirit is kind of angry and their spirit is aggressive. So we know there's differences in personalities, but it's not just his mind or his beliefs or his personality that was noticeable to God as being different. It was his spirit. And I think that's really significant because I think we can be identified in the spiritual realm by our spirits. We are spiritual beings that are currently in physical bodies. Right. When we translate to the new heavens, the new earth, our spirits will translate into a new body or our current bodies will be transformed. But our spirits are what are eternal and our spirits are what is identifiable. And it's the nature of our spirit that affects our faith and our emotions and our outlook and ultimately our personality. And a lot of times we feel like we're so different from the world, and that's a bad thing. But Caleb was markedly different than almost everybody in the nation of Israel. But God honored that difference. And I think that's something that's important for us to recognize. If we are different and created with a different spirit than the people around us, God sees that as a beautiful thing. Well, I think it's an indicator of what we can become. 
You know, if we actually yield to our spirit and our spirit wants to yield to God, we can be great in the kingdom of our Lord. Not by anything we do, but by yielding to his Holy Spirit. Caleb was great in the kingdom of Israel because he had this can-do attitude. Mm -hmm. When Joshua said, hey, the first guy that goes up and defeats those giants on that hill, I'm going to give you my daughter. You know, everybody was afraid of the giants, but Caleb was looking at his daughter. (laughs) He says, yeah, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to do it. And he did it. He said, give me that mountain where the giants dwell. For if God shall be with me, I will prevail. And he had this can-do spirit, this can-do attitude that whatever God wanted to do, he could accomplish. He didn't dwell on how big the giants were or how well entrenched they were or how he's going to have to fight uphill against really big guys. He dwelt on the promise of Joshua's daughter, who Hmm. was probably really beautiful. And he just had this spirit that he could just do it. You know, it's like, Jonathan and his armor bearer. They came to this Philistine garrison and his servant was talking to him and says, well, what are we going to do? He said, well, let's just go up there and see what happens. He went up there and defeated the foe. And a lot of times we just have to have the spirit of God and we need to let our spirits be excellent. We need to let our spirits grab hold of faith and say, God is able. He's brought me this far He's going to bring me the rest of the way. And I don't care what circumstances look like. I care about the person that I serve. Exactly. What made Caleb's spirit different? We see that from very early on in Caleb's life when we recognize him because he was one of the 12 spies that went to go seek out the promised land. And of the 12 spies, there were only two that came back saying, we can take this land. He didn't say we could take the land because oh, those guys are wimpy, we're so much stronger, our army is better, my natural reasoning can show me that we are going to take them. He understood they could take the promised land because God said it was theirs. Exactly. And so he said it didn't matter how big the people were. It doesn't matter that we're like grasshoppers compared to them. This is a beautiful land that God has promised us, and because God said it's ours, we're going to take it. That was his different spirit. That's what enabled him to go into the promised land. And that was identifiable not only to God, but I believe that that kind of spirit is sometimes identifiable to the enemy enemy. And sometimes you may think that your life has been so bad because God is against you. I think the truth is that so many of us have difficulties in childhood and even through our adult lives as we try to pursue God or even before we know God because we have that different spirit. And when we're born, it's like we have a mark that the enemy can see and the enemy will come against us even as children and put difficulties in our lives to try to turn us against God, to try to convince us that God doesn't like us so that we won't become the fullness of what that mark that the enemy can see indicates we will become. You see that in the book of Acts with Paul. Paul was a man also of a different spirit. His spirit was very much like Caleb's. He would take something that made no sense to the natural mind and pursue it. He said, no, we don't need these laws anymore. We're going to live by the spirit of God. And it's not just for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles. And he suffered a lot of persecution because of his understanding that God wanted to go beyond the Jewish restrictions into the freedom of the spirit. So he had that same similar spirit that Caleb had. And there was a time in the book of Acts when demonic spirits were manifesting and some people came up and tried to drive them out. And as the people were trying to drive them out, they mentioned the name of Jesus and mentioned the name of Paul. And what the demonic spirits responded was, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but I don't know who you are, and then destroyed them. 
<laughs> it's interesting because it's not just Jesus, but it was Paul that was recognizable by the demonic spirits. He had that same different spirit that Caleb had, that ability to just believe God for whatever he says to do and to move and act on what God said beyond his natural-minded reasoning. You know, in the book of Harry Potter, Harry lives underneath a stairwell, and he's got this mark on his head. He's got glasses, he's kind of small, and he's really, really disadvantaged. And you think he's the most nondescript, oppressed person in the world. And a lot of us feel like Harry Potter. You know, mm -hmm. we feel like we're relegated to some obscure place in the world. Nobody really much cares for us. We're just kind of weird and... In the series, when you watch the movie, and it's his birthday, and it's revealed, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> and then everything changes. Mm. Suddenly, the guy's got a destiny. Suddenly, the guy's got a reason that he's got that marked on him. Suddenly, it makes sense why he's so oppressed. Yes. And what we're trying to tell you, both in a scriptural and a natural sense, is that you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You've been chosen. You have been singled out by God for a great work that you don't know of yet. But that is the reason that you've been so oppressed. That is the reason that your life has been freaking hell. Yeah. Because the devil wants to destroy you before you become strong enough to do damage. And this is the proper way to see this. God's been on your side the whole time. Angels that you've never seen have been standing guard over you. The devil wants to kill you. Mm -hmm. But the angels are protecting you. God is protecting you. You just don't know the whole picture yet. Yes, exactly. That's a really good point. The devil has been trying to kill you. And a lot of you have had close brushes with death more than once in your life because the devil's trying to destroy you and kill you and take you out. God won't allow that because God has a plan for you and a purpose for you. The reason you are listening to this podcast today is because the title drew you and you know there's something different about your spirit. You know there's something beyond what you have experienced in God and in life before and it's because you're marked and you know your life's been difficult and you've been frustrated that God has allowed the things to happen that have happened but you need to understand that it's been the enemy trying to prevent you from stepping into the fullness that God has for you. What better way to destroy what the enemy has been trying to do in your life with all the bad things that have happened than to become the full person that you're called to be in God and make an impact on God's kingdom that will just destroy the presence of darkness everywhere that you go. That is the way to redeem what's happened to you. That is the way to get back what the enemy has stolen from your life, is to give your life completely to God, start walking in that different spirit that you were created to be, and become the fullness of what God has asked you to do. When he tells you to do something, do it. When he shows you something that seems unbelievable, walk in it. When you feel the spirit prompting you, move by that spirit and watch how that flow that you step in destroys the darkness around you and impacts people for God. I am an apostle of tabernacles, which means that I have a burden upon my heart to lay down the foundation of this coming move of God so that it will stand on the chief cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ. Right. In order to align this foundation, I've had to move some of the building blocks of the Christian church that have been out of alignment with the true Son of God. And what we're doing now is we're trying to draw those who have a calling to participate in this mighty move of the Spirit at its exception so that those who come later will find something that they can truly use and benefit from. 
God is doing something in this earth that is amazing. People are being called from all over the earth to do a specific work in God. You may come here, you may go a different place, but you know you have a calling. You felt it from a very, very early age. You were different. You had a different spirit. Mm -hmm. I had a different spirit. Mm -hmm. Nobody understood me. And I felt oppressed. I felt, why me? And I tended at that time to ask God, why is this happening to me? I haven't done anything to deserve all these things. And only now, later on in life, can I look back and say, no, it's because I had a different spirit. It's because I was chosen. It's because the devil wanted to prevent what is happening now. And it all makes better sense. Now, it was still crap. I didn't like it. And I know that you don't like what's happening to you. But I'm telling you, if you will just allow yourself to receive God and to yield to his Holy Spirit, you will be used in ways that you thought impossible. You will be used to do damage to Satan's kingdom that is totally out of proportion with what she was able to do with you and mess up your life. That's right. You know, you are called to be a warrior. You are called to be somebody who fights for right, who does something that is truly amazing in God. And this is why you were oppressed. This is why you thought that you were just the scouring of the entire world. This is why you had all the difficulties you had. You know, some of them, of course, were your own making because you were just stubborn. I was like that too. Nobody escapes that. But in the general sense of the word, you were oppressed because of what you would become. Right, exactly. And that's another lie that the enemy has sown all over the earth. Because when things go bad for you, when you didn't have anything to do with it, especially as a child, then you think it's God. Everybody tells us God hates me because God is all powerful. And if God is all powerful, then why did bad things happen to me? We are in an earth that is broken and where God is allowing people to have free will. And he's also allowing Satan to have a limited amount of reign on this earth to accomplish some certain things. But the point is, it's not God that is bringing the hardship on you. God is calling you into a beautiful life. You know, what God really wants for you is what is manifesting right now on the earth as a foretaste of the new heavens and the new earth. He wants you to walk in love. He wants you to walk in peace. He wants you to walk in joy. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to have a purpose and a calling that you fulfill as you live your life. One of the ways that the enemy really disconnects us from God is by disconnecting us from people. God intends that we have a tribe, so to speak. God intends that we have people that he's destined to put us with. Now, sometimes that might be our biological family. Sometimes it might be a church family. Sometimes it might be somebody clear across the world that you've never met that God wants to connect you to. But it's very important that we stay in connection with people, with the people that he wants us to be with. We are not created as human beings to be independent. We're created to be interdependent, not codependent, but interdependent on other people. I need you. You need me. We contribute to each other to become better people. We're created that way. Think about a baby in its mother's womb. Everything about that baby is connected to its mother. It gets its nourishment from its mother. Everything that it needs is provided constantly. A baby in the mother's womb never knows lack. The temperature is always perfect. The supply of food is always perfect. Constantly hears its mother's heartbeat. It hears its mother's voice. It always knows that it is connected to its mother and all the needs are met. When we are born, human beings are the most needy animals on the earth. A lot of mammals are born and can live independently within weeks. Human beings can't live independently 
for years. If they don't have attention and love and a human being caring for them, they will die. It's not just the physical needs too, it's the emotional connection, the touching. There have been babies that have been put in orphanages and the ones that aren't physically touched and loved and talked to don't thrive. We need other people. And a lot of what the enemy tries to do with us when things happen to us that are difficult is tries to separate us from people. I've heard the statement that extreme independence is trauma response. And I think that's really true. I know I've had times like that in my life when I just want to be by myself. I don't want to interact with anybody because that's safer. That might feel safer in the moment, but that's not the way we're designed. If you're not getting your needs met with the people that you're with, ask God to bring you your people, your tribe, the ones that you can connect to deeply in your spirit and your soul that you can become one with so that you can accomplish the purposes that God has for you because we can't do everything that God wants us to do by ourselves. We have to connect with those that God wants us to be with to be the fullness of the people that we're called to be. We are on the verge of a move of the Holy Spirit that is literally going to rock this world down to its roots. The tabernacle experience is so powerful, we can't imagine how the effects are going to roll out. But God's divine love is the cure for what ails the entire world. Mm -hmm. And that divine love is going to come through each one of us that yield to his Holy Spirit. What I am saying to you is that you are called. You are chosen. You are chosen because you were fashioned by God himself. And you have an innate ability to manifest the Holy Spirit in a way that nobody else does. You are a individual created by God that can reveal God to this world, a facet of his power and personality, of his majesty that nobody else can. And because of this, God needs you Mm -hmm. because he wants to reveal himself to the earth. Why? So that he can win back the souls of men who have been deceived by the devil. Mm -hmm. And your love and his love combined together in a unity of the spirit can accomplish that fact. And you have the ability through God to affect a change in an individual or individuals for eternity. And that is awesome. It's not something you've got to do yourself. It's just something you've got to let God be. When he does it, it's easy. And he's the only one who has the ability to really do these things. We just step out of the way. Yeah, exactly. We step out of the way and be what we are naturally designed to be. I don't think it took any effort for Adam and Eve pre-sin to be able to feel and express, manifest, and enjoy the presence of God. It was just in them. He was there as a physical man as he walked with Adam, but his spirit was there and dwelt in them. He was all around. He was in them and outside of them and in everything that he created. They were able to just live in that presence of God. Sin separates us from God, and then we don't know how to get back to that. So we reach, we call out to God, we go places, we seek things outside of ourselves to try to reconnect to God. But if you're a believer... You've accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Your sins are forgiven. Then the Holy Spirit dwells in you, and it's very, very easy to connect to him. You just need to let him show himself to you. It's not a striving. The way that I've learned to think about it is if you open your eyes and you look at something, what effort does it take to see? It doesn't take any effort to see. 
Realistically, what is going on to enable you to see is very, very complex. The light coming into your certain part of your eye, the, the nerves in your eye taking it to a certain part of your brain, which sees it upside down and then flips it back the right side up. It's a really very complicated, highly intelligent design that enables us to see, but we don't participate in that. All we do is open our eyes and see. If you think about your interaction with God in that same way, it's a very complex, highly intelligent design that we are able to sense the Spirit of God and communicate with Him, but that's God's work, just like the ability yeah, exactly. to see is God's work. So let God do the work of connecting to you. Jesus promised my sheep hear my voice. That's what He said, and the voice of a stranger they won't follow. Trust in that. Believe in that. Okay, Jesus said that I'm going to hear his voice. I'm going to think of it in the same way when I open my eyes and see. I don't know how it works. It's not my responsibility to make my eyesight work. All I do is open my eyes and see. Open your eyes and open your heart and open your spirit and see. See God. Sense him. Let him just respond to you in that same easy way that you're able to see. Exactly. You are part of a chosen generation. You are part of a group of people that have been designated before the foundations of this world to be part of the bride of Christ, to be part of the very future wife of God. When you think about it and you go back to the pre-flood time during Noah, Noah was found perfect in his generation. He was perfect in heart. God looked at all the people on the earth and their thoughts were continually evil until it repented God that he made them. But here was this one person, Noah, whom he said, I'm going to share my heart with him, and I'm going to have him do something amazing. Now, if you went to Noah on any given day, when he started to build the ark, and asked him what he was doing, he says, well, I'm building a boat. And what would he be doing? He'd probably be cutting down a tree, or sawing a log, or pounding in a peg. You know, not that thrilling. You yeah. know, this is a very <laughs> mundane stuff, you know. So uh, what's this boat going to do? Um, I'm not quite sure, but God told me to build it. Well, okay, how big is it? Oh, it's about this big, this big. What? What are you going to put into it? Well, I'm not really sure. God said he's going to flood the earth. Well, how? Well, he didn't really tell me. Well, when? I don't know. Well, what's the boat for? And why did you make it? There's eight people here. Well, he told me to make it that big. Gave me the exact dimensions. And so it's very easy to look at what person is doing at a point in time mm. and not understand the significance of what God is accomplishing. And in our generation, you are chosen like Noah. God is building an ark, but it's a spiritual ark. As Noah was lifted up from the earth by the waters of the flood that killed everybody else, so too God is going to lift us up out of this earth into heaven and eventually into a new heavens and new earth. We are going to be saved from the troubles that come upon the rest of the world. Why? Because we have a different spirit. Yeah. Because we have a spirit that God wants to be with him. You know, Enoch walked with God 360 years and was not because God took him. Why? Because God loved him mm -hmm. and he loved God. Mm -hmm. Same thing that's going to happen with you in this generation. You're going to walk with God. You're going to be perfect in your generation. And God's going to take you because he likes you too. You know, if you have a bride who is in a bad situation, you're going to do anything to take that bride out of that bad situation and make sure she is safe because you love her. Exactly. You because you care her. for her. Yeah. Because you think that she's the most beautiful thing in the entire world. And you love her spirit. You love her heart. You love everything about her. So you keep her from the hour of temptation, just like God's going to keep you from the hour of temptation. We need to understand 
the importance of what God's doing. And sometimes we just have to do it by faith. Noah did it by faith. That's the thing that he had. He had faith. He had a perfect faith that lasted a hundred years while he's building this boat. And you need to just believe God because you have no idea of the importance of what you're doing right now, but it will reverberate throughout eternity. And the things that you do in obedience to the Spirit of God will make people live forever and will make people escape the fires of hell. What you do and what you become is vitally necessary for what God is trying to accomplish in this generation. And you are called, you are chosen. You have a different spirit and you need to know that God has amazing things in front of you. You are an amazing creation of God. And anybody that says anything different is lying, is lying. You are the manifestation of the sons of God. You are what God has been building towards this last 2,000 years. You are the fulfillment of the first century church. You are going to do things that they only thought they might get to, but you will accomplish. You are a son and daughter of the Most High. And if you will simply get out of the way and let that spirit that raised Christ from the dead inhabit you, you will do greater works than God did through Jesus Christ. It is the truth. And this truth will set you free if you allow it to seep into your heart today and do the work that Christ intends. And it's about being set free. Let me tell you the most encouraging thing about being chosen. When you hear that the reason your life is bad is because you're chosen, that's not always so encouraging. But here's what the real glory in it is. Remember David when he was building his army before he became king, and he had a bunch of men that would follow him and support him. He broke that down into a group of 30 men, the 30 mighty men of David that would stay close to him all the time. But he had three that were very, very close. And at one time he went into a cave and rested, and he just happened to mention, man, I would love to have some of that water from that particular well. And those three men that heard him got up, ran to the well, fought through the Philistines to get it, gathered the water, fought back through the Philistines on the way back, and brought it to David. Now think about the other 27 men that were outside that cave. When those three men got up and took off running, they're looking at them saying, where are they going? I don't know. I'm not going to the Philistines. I'm waiting right here. They see him come back with a little cup of something. What are they doing? I don't know. How did they know that that's what their king wanted? Because they were close to him and they heard his heart. That's what separates us from the world around us when we have that different spirit. It's like Jesus taking his disciples to the garden and then going further and taking Peter, James, and John with him. They were the ones that could hear him. They were the ones that could anguish with him most. Those that are chosen of that different spirit are the ones that hear the heart of God. Yes. Those are the ones that become the bride. You know, when we become saved, we become servants of God. But God wants to make us more than servants because servants don't know what their master is doing. God wants to make us friends. Exactly. So there's some that go from being servants to being friends. But then there are those who get to go into the inner chamber with him and become exactly. his bride. Those are the three that are close to David. Those are the ones that hear his heart. That's what God is calling all of us 
us to. Not everyone will be the bride. And if you're just a servant, you will still inherit the kingdom of God if Jesus is in your heart. But why not be the fullness of what God is asking you to be? Why not be as close to him as you can be? The thing is, when you get that close to God because you're chosen, when you accept that invitation to be his bride, to be near his heart, to hear what he wants to do, you're going to go the opposite way than a lot of people that are following him will. Those that come to the marriage supper of the Lamb that are servants are going to serve. Those that are friends are going to sit there and eat. But those that are the bride are going to go with him after dinner into the inner chamber. So we get to be where we choose to be. We can go as far in God as we want to go. Why not go as far as he wants to take you? But understand when you do that, because you have a different spirit, you're going to be the one that says, yeah, we can take that land when everybody around you says, no, you can't. You're going to be the one that says, no, we don't need to live by the rules of the Jews. We can walk by the Spirit like Paul did. People are going to say, no, that's not right. You're going to be the one that takes off out of the cave running through the Philistines to get water when everybody's looking at you going, where the heck are you going? The way of God, when you are close to him and hearing his heart, is going to be counterintuitive and it's going to go against the grain of the world. But that is what God is calling you to because you have a different spirit. And that's a beautiful place to be because how wonderful to be able to hear the heart of God, to know what he really, really wants and to be someone that he can depend on to do it. That's the beautiful part about being chosen. Chosen generation. That's what we are. Mm-hmm. You know, I've just quit listening to the news because all the news is, is fear. And it's fear with a certain slant to make you go a certain direction. It's like the world is being herded into a certain corral. And I just don't want to go there. And so I just don't listen anymore. Anything that God wants me to know, he'll bring to my attention if I need it. What I want to do is I want to focus on what God thinks is important in this time, in this place. And I am calling you, not to me, but to Christ. Exactly. I'm saying give your life to Jesus Christ. And that means for Christians to up your game too. Because we are living in the latter days. We don't know how things are going to go in the near future. But we know that God is going towards a certain place. And we want to go there and be there where he is. The world is going to a certain place. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to go and be where they're at. We are in a generation that will see things that people never thought possible. We are coming into a time of lying wonders, spoken by a false prophet, heralding the man of sin, the son of perdition. We are going to see things that if we did not have the Spirit of God dwelling in us in a special way, we would be deceived even though we are the very elect. I cannot emphasize this enough to those who listen to my voice today. The only way you fight strong delusion is with stronger revelation. And the only way you get that kind of revelation is you get next to God. Exactly, exactly. You get into his light. You don't stray. You don't do anything by your natural mind. It's thus saith the Lord personally, every moment of every day. And that's how you navigate the swift waters of this coming deluge Mm -hmm. of evil. That's right. Being saved, being a Christian does not guarantee that you won't miss exactly what God is doing. If you don't stay close to him and see what he's doing and hear his heart, you're not going to be in the flow of what he's really doing. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you'll be in the flow of what he's doing on this earth. 
you will be saved if you die and you go to heaven. Yes, you'll be there. You've got the salvation of Jesus. That's guaranteed. But if you want to really make an impact on this world today, you've got to be near his heart. It's like those 27 mighty men that sat outside. They didn't know what their king really wanted. They weren't close enough. But the people that were close heard, and they went a different direction that the other people didn't understand. Keep that in mind, because when you are close to God, where you can get that strong revelation, it's going to put you at odds with people that are even believers. People that love the same God that you love are not going to agree with what you're doing because they're not close enough to hear his heart. Also, what you're doing is not necessarily going to make sense to you and the people around you because it's a part of a whole. Exactly. It's like Noah building the ark, and it was a really tedious thing to pound the pegs in when people walked up and saw him pounding pegs all day and thinking, what in the world is he doing? What God is creating is like a tapestry, and each of us is a thread that goes through in some way. And you might be the bright red thread in the middle of a white and blue area, and you think, this makes no sense. Why is there a bright red thread here in the middle of all of this? But when the tapestry is made and you take a step back and look at it, you're going to see that you're creating a beautiful flower in this picture, and you just couldn't see it because you're too close up. We have to be able to understand that we may not see the whole picture, but what we do, our part is very, very important. We need to draw near to God's heart and hear what he's saying and do what he asks us to do, whether it makes sense to us or not, because it's a part of the whole, and God is going for a big picture that is beyond you. When Solomon prayed to God, he asked God for wisdom to lead his people. Now, it's a difficult thing to impress an all-knowing, everywhere-present, all-powerful deity, but Solomon did it, and God was so impressed that he asked him for wisdom to lead his people. He gave him wealth, he gave him long life, he gave him everything, just as a bonus. Why? Solomon had a different spirit. Mm. Solomon was the son of David, who was the great-grandson of Ruth. There was a different spirit in that lineage. And Solomon, when he could have asked for the life of his enemies, or he could have asked for wealth or prestige, he didn't. He asked God for something that was near and dear God's heart. And God ended up giving him everything else, too. Sometimes when God asks us to follow him, we count the cost and we say, oh, that's too much. How can I ever do this? Who am I? And we doubt God's choice. We don't think that God knows what he's doing. Even Moses, Moses said, oh, I really am not good at speaking. And God got a little bit miffed at him and says, okay, I've chosen your brother Aaron. He'll be your mouthpiece. But God originally wanted him to do it. And so what I encourage you to do is when God comes to you like this, because I know you're very impacted today by what God has been saying, don't doubt his Holy Spirit. Yes. If God says you're chosen, Mm -hmm. you're chosen. Yep. God knows what he's doing. He's not making a mistake. Mm -mm. He's not saying that you can do it in yourself. He's just saying that he can do it through you. Exactly. That's the whole nine yards Mm -hmm. right then. In and of ourselves... We're just clay vessels. We have really no ability to affect any real change. But when you take these clay vessels that God formed by his wisdom and his magnificent understanding and you pour God into you, you become something altogether different. You become a person who can do great things through Jesus Christ who strengthens you. Mm -hmm. You are amazing. Not because you're amazing. Mm -hmm. It's because God's awesome. Yeah, and that's what you were created for. None of us is a complete being in and of ourselves. We only become the fullness of what we're created to be as his spirit lives in us and as he connects us to the people he wants us to be with and work with. So trying to be the best that you could be 
is something that's beyond your capability. Being right. the best that you can be only involves God dwelling in you and living through you. That's what he just delights to do. He could do that through the animals, and I think sometimes God will work through animals. He spoke through a donkey in the Old Testament. Sometimes you have a pet that just really seems to manifest the Spirit of God to you from time to time. But his chosen way of manifesting on this earth is to be in his people and flow through his people. He wants to be emerging of you and him so that he can show through your unique personality, your unique skills, your unique words, your unique sense of humor, he can manifest himself to someone and show them his love. But the way that you do that is very different from the way I do it or the way Michael does it or the way that anybody else does it. And you're specifically called for your specific thing. You're very unique. And you have to step up to that because nobody else can do exactly what you can do. Yeah, God will get his job done. If you don't step up, he'll have somebody else fill in the gap. It won't be quite the same. same. He has something very unique planned for you because he made you in a very unique way. And that is the best life that you can possibly live. Exactly. And if you have things that you have to overcome in order to serve God, you need to overcome them. It's not like an optional thing that you can leave those areas not dealt with. You need to deal with them. And God will put his blessing behind that effort that you make. And you will be able to deal with them, not on your own strength, but because he strengthens you. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we need to understand because the body of Christ is just a freaking mess right now. It really is. The people that God is calling are really messed up. And it's partially because the devil messed you up. You were marked. You were targeted. And you suffered a lot at the hands of demons. We get that. Each of us have. Yeah. But what you need to understand is that you need now to reverse the problem. If you drink, you need to quit drinking. If you're doing drugs, you need to stop doing drugs. Now, if that means going to rehab, go to rehab. Get clean. Mm -hmm. Get sober. Stop sleeping with people you're not supposed to sleep with. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just a given. You can be as called as the day is long, and if you won't stop sinning, that's going to hinder you ever from becoming what God wants you to be. If you have had mental challenges because of abuse, go get counseling if that's what God wants you to do. If you have hate towards somebody in your family, get that taken care of. It's hard. It's terribly hard. We understand that, but each of us are going to have to allow God to cleanse the temple. Mm -hmm. We need to get those things that aren't of him out of us, or else that will prevent us from getting near him. So there's a lot of work that we have to do. But if you do the thing that God wants you to do, his blessing, his power will be behind you to accomplish it, even if you think it doesn't feel like you can do it in yourself. So yeah, all of us have been a mess. All of us are coming out of a lot of stuff into the light. It's just par for the course. It's what happens. You know, the world is a dirty place. People get dirty. People get messed up. And we can be a victim or we can be a victor. Right. It's our decision. And God will back up the victor. That's right. <laughs> you know, he's really into victory. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's not so much into victim. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? That's right. Amen to that. Amen to that. (laughs) You know, I just look in the future here and I see how the pride of man is causing people to believe that they are going to take hold of God's creation and make it into their image. Mm. And what I see happening is that the bride of Christ is going to rise up, not through use of arms, not through intellectual argument, not through some 
man-made thing. The bride of Christ is going to allow God to love the world. He will give the bride of Christ to the world in order that the world may see him demonstrated, not in one person like Jesus Christ, but literally in hundreds of millions of people that will manifest the same spirit that Jesus Christ manifested when he first walked the earth 2,000 years ago. We are Jesus 2.0. We are the body of Christ. And the body needs to be like the head in order to fit. And so as we come face to face with our Savior, the world will see Jesus Christ once again. And what will Jesus do through us? He will love. He will accept. He will comfort. He will show mercy. In the midst of a chaotic and desperate time, we will be calm, just like Jesus was calm in the midst of the storm, until he said, peace be still, and the storm quieted. And the disciples said, what, what is this guy? Yeah. You know, even the waves obey him. Exactly. I mean, talk about impressive. But God was being impressive through Jesus. Jesus was just yielding to the Holy Spirit in him. And the same things will happen with us. Mm -hmm. People will not understand why things happen like they do. People will not understand why the dead raise, why the lame walk, why the blind see, while those possessed of demons get delivered. But it will be because Jesus is in us. Christ is in us. The Spirit of God is in us. And when God is present, all those things cannot stand. This is deliverance that the world is going to receive with Christ in us. All the darkness that has infused the world will simply dissipate in the light and the presence of God manifest in our flesh. We are Jesus 2.0, but we can only manifest him fully to the measure we're given when we draw near to him. Those that have the different spirit, because you who are listening have a different spirit, you will be like Caleb, who will believe. And because he believed, he was blessed. God said, because he is of a different spirit, I am going to give him this land and his generations. I'm going to bless him. Peter, James, and John went with Jesus deep into the Garden of Gethsemane as he prayed. And they heard more of his heart than those that were outside. We know that because John wrote in his gospel the deep prayers that Jesus prayed during that time. Chapter 17 is all about what Jesus prayed while he was deep in that place when he invited Peter, James, and John to come hear him. Because John was near to his heart, he could hear his heart. He could know what he wanted. He could know what he was praying. And look at John's gospel compared to the others. There's a different feel to it. There's a different spirit about John's gospel. John's writings later in the New Testament, they talk about love. They talk about the spirit of God. They talk about fellowship with one another. They talk about all these things that we're talking about on these podcasts, this new heavens, new earth manifestation that God is bringing to the earth in this tabernacles movement. John knew that and experienced that because he was near to the heart of Jesus. So in order for us to really manifest Jesus on this earth as 2.0, the way that God wants to be seen. It's necessary that because we have that different spirit, because you have that different spirit, you draw near to him. Hear his heart. You know, Eve was made from the rib of Adam. And I think that's symbolic because a woman connects to a man near his heart. She hears his heart. She feels his heart. She experiences his breath as he breathes in the breath of God. She doesn't connect to his brain. A woman's place with her husband is to be around his heart and protect his heart and and serve what his heart and his spirit need. The same with the bride of Christ. We don't connect to Jesus 
by understanding everything about God, we connect to Jesus by being close to his heart. We are the bride who is the rib, who surrounds the heart of Jesus, who is our husband, and we hear his heart. And because we hear his heart, we can manifest him in a way that nobody else on the earth can. Even those who believe in him but stay at a distance and don't become his bride can't really know what he's saying, what he's feeling. And that's what you're called to because you have a different spirit. Amen. And the last thing I want to say is that though you are an ugly duckling, you're going to become a beautiful swan. (laughs) That's right. Amen. Thank you for staying with us till the end of this podcast. We know that we say a lot of stuff and it's very intense, but God is calling you and that's why you listen to this far. And we want to congratulate you and give you a gold star (laughs) to add to your growing collection. We're very, very impressed and God is too. And it's because you have that different spirit that you listen to this Mm -hmm. this long. Because you have a hunger and thirst after righteousness. Mm -hmm. And you want to know what God is saying to this generation. Mm -hmm. So when you feel God's voice, when you hear God's voice, you say, yes. Yes. And then he will bless you. He wants to bless you. Amen. You have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you next week on another edition of God's Love Club. We appreciate you, we love you, and we pray that God keep and bless you during the coming seven days. That's right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.